Hello. In troubled times, I would like to look towards the sage advice of Bishop Fulton Sheen. In chapter 10 of his book, A Way to Happiness, Fulton Sheen explained the need for revolution. Nietzsche, a 19th century philosopher, tried to express the temper of his age in the statement, God is dead, by which he meant that men in his period were losing their faith. He also cast a pathetic, prophetic eye towards the future and foretold that the 20th century would be one of man wars and revolutions. His two statements were associated with deep logic that the inventor of Superman philosophy knew. Men who have ceased to love God will not love their neighbor for very long and will find particular difficulty in trying to love that special neighbor, their enemy. This is indeed a century of revolutions, but it is not to go down in history as a period of revolutions were entirely economic and political. There is always a possibility open to us of making our time of glorious revolutions, of revolutions against ourselves, a revolution involved where any soul dethrones the ego which has mastered him and submits instead a prince to the principle of love. A revolution occurs whenever humility replaces pride in us and we abandon the foolish striving for success and notoriety. This type of homemade revolution has patterned the action of our Lord himself. In the night before he died for the redemption of the world, he knelt down before his followers, as if he were at least of them. Earlier in his teachings in life, he often told them to seek the first seats, not to seek the first seats at the table, not to desire to be known among men. When the apostles disputed among themselves, as to which one of them was the greatest, he called for a revolution in their values. He told them, The kings of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who rule them will win the name of the benefactors. With you it is not to be so. No difference is to be made among you between the greatest and the youngest of them all. Between them who commands and he who serves. Tell me which is greater, the man who sits at the table or the man who serves him? Surely the man who sits at the table, yet I am here among you as your servant. Our Lord had instituted the revolution of humility in the words before. Now he is put into practice after the Last Supper when he said, He laid his garments aside, took a towel, and put it around him. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the feet of his disciples, wiping them with a towel that girded him. Slaves were assigned in those days to do such menial tasks as this. This is a topsy-turvy event on a gigantic scale to have the master of masters, the king of kings, kneel down at the 24 cows' sweaty feet and make them clean as his absolution would still make us clean our callous hearts and our soiled souls. Our human values are forever reversed in the startling revolution Christ declared in words, the man who exalted himself will be humbled and the man who humbles himself will be exalted. At the moment these words are uttered, Caesar lost his throne. 
The principle of exploitation was undone. The arrogance and pride were shown the door. From, that, from now on, all Christians have been warned against judging as the world judges, against seeking for themselves the rewards of the world can give. As water dripped from his hands that night, the old systems of morality were rendered obsolete, and the noblest conceptions of the ancients became inadequate for man. From now on, the worst of all possible disasters, the souls were known. They were the failure. They are failure. They were the failure to serve others. The accounting of oneself to be worthy of a special privilege. A new law has been born. It revealed the equality of all men before God and went on to declare the beauty of humility. He also has humbled himself by becoming a man. Now multiply this gift and underscore that the lesson he had reduced his infancy. Is infinity to the service of servants. Resolu- revolution without, within the soul is a Christian adventure. It requires no hatred, no demands for personal rights, claims no exalt, exalt, type, exalted titles. It is not the turn of the enemy that tells no lies. In such a revolution. It is love which bores from within and out. The acts of the fifth column, loyal to God, with the tangled and disobeyed selves. Revolution within the soul. It requires no hatred. The soul carries in and turns against its neighbor, but against the absurd rev- overvaluation of self. In other revolutions, easy to fight for what we fight against is the evil enemy at war. But in the Christian revolution, it is difficult for the enemy we assault is part of us. Yet this is the only revolution that ever issues true peace. Other rebellions are never ended, and have stopped short of their goals. They leave hatred still and shimmering in the souls of man. Contemporary thinking is directed towards a revolution in the eternal world of nations and classes, races and people, and parties and cliques. But our divine Lord Jesus Christ did not take his first task as a social revolutionary. He first remade individual man through rev- resurrection, and then later by sending his spirit to into man. He regenerated the whole world's society. Saint Augustine said, "They perturb the peace they live in. Do it not hate us, but to show the power and alteration of it. Wars come when men project their inner conflicts into the outer world. Peace comes when men have waged the inner revolution." In their own pride is broken, and their selfish ambition is destroyed. The peace that follows on a, such a spiritual warfare can act as a ha- happy contingent from soul to soul, bringing peace on earth and goodwill to men. This begs the question: Are we in a revolution today? Look at the signs. Look at the signs. Political turmoil domestically is in the norm. No matter what, from social media, newspapers, television, radio, 
word of mouth. You cannot run away from the screaming headlines. Look at the signs in the church. Are we in revolution today? Can you have the church pick up what we believe or not to believe? Pick out what believe or not to believe? Was the 19th century truly the century of revolution? Maybe we should hear about making the 20th century, 21st century, this true century of protest. God is not dead. He is listening. He just dead stone, stone deaf to our voice. Is he? Being deaf to the voice is a great difference than being God is dead. On April 8, 1966, Time magazine put forth a cover story on Was God Dead? Now, and almost 50 years later, what has changed? Well, one thing sure, Time magazine is dead. Magazines are no longer the mainstay of our society. No one could have seen its coming in 1966. But we today will read news immediately from all corners of the world as it happens. Why should you want to wait for a magazine to put up a story and publish it weeks or months later? It isn't that a little bit ironic? We want instant knowledge on all things. We would in essence like to become godlike and all-knowing. A revolution that has taken place in the 21st century is a revolution in technology. Now we are at the captains of our own faith. We have longer, have our fingertips and the seeds of our own destruction, the cell phone. We have apps for everything. Soon there will be an app for confession, baptism and mass and the mass. Brothers and sisters, God is not dead, we are. We need, not to, we need to wake up from this path and return to Him. Not an app. Apps do not get us to the next world. It only He does. Keep an eye on the prize and your seats in the pews. The California Revolution, our contemporary revolution, our Texan revolution, to pit part of society against another, this is not new. This is not right, and this will not work. We cannot lose our faith, especially now, because we need it now more than ever. Amen. Hello. For the better part of the 20th century, the name Bishop Fulton Sheen was synonymous with American Catholicism. The full impact of Sheen's career and influence upon the American church will never be fully determined, and perhaps never fully appreciated. During his lifetime, Sheen authored 66 books, published over 60 Catholic pamphlets, delivered weekly radio broadcasts for over 20 years, wrote countless syndicated articles and columns, edited two magazines, instructed thousands of converts into the Catholic faith, raised over $100 million for the Society of Propagation of Faith, 
while serving as his director from 1950 to 1966, participated in every session of Vatican II. His influence on the 21st century, on the 20th century American church can hardly be overstated. Some of Fulton Sheen's first. In 1926, Father Fulton Sheen spoke on the radio for the first time, giving a series of Sunday evening lecture Lenten services on the New York station. Four years later, he made a first appearance on the Catholic Hour, broadcast by NBC. Sheen made history on Easter Sunday, March 24, 1940, when he appeared in the world's first Catholic television program, The Spiritual Symbolism of Television. The program was sponsored by the National Catholic Council of Catholic Men in celebration of their 20th anniversary as an organization and 10th anniversary of the sponsorship of the Catholic Hour radio broadcast. In 1952, Sheen began his remarkable, successful run as a TV personality with the debut of Life is Worth Living, a weekly program consisting of lectures on topics that blended theology, philosophy, and politics. The series ran on Dumont Television from Tuesday, February 12, 1952 to April 26, 1955 and then went to ABC where it ran until 1957. Similar series were followed in 58 to 61 and 61 to 68. Bishop Sheen won the Emmy Award for Most Outstanding Television Personality for his work in the 1952 season, Life is Worth Living, and was aired on 169 local radio uh, local television stations across the country and is believed to have been the most widely viewed religious series in the history of television. His show drew as many as 30, as 30% of the market share or 10 million viewers each week. For Sheen, the meaning of the purpose of life cannot be understood apart from God. Nor, he writes, can anyone enter into contact with the whole environment unless he enters into the relationship with God. Education cannot be understood apart from the plastic nature of man. Taking due cognizance of it, one might say that the purpose of all education is to establish contact with the totality of our environment with a view to understand the full meaning and purpose of life. This is Bishop Fulton Sheen from Old Heirs and New Labels, page 72 from 1931. At the first cause, God is the source of intelligibility of the universe and the ultimate explanation of its existence. Without God, the cause, the universe, the effect, goes unexplained and human desire to know and understand the whole of his environment is frustrated. This, in turn, leads Sheen to claim when God is removed from true education, that is, education that takes stock in what the human person really becomes impossible, is the exact type of person Bishop Sheen was. He was a man who could see the future. After writing these words almost 80 years ago, they are more true today than they were then. The world today is at a crossroads. Our country is at a crossroads. Did Bishop Fulton Sheen already know this when he wrote it? The 
interesting part about today's story is Bishop Sheen has been known for first. He was a great speaker, a great writer, and a great man. Now perhaps the greatest accomplishment could be added, look at the words and look at the condition we find ourselves in today. I would like to tell you, brothers and sisters, the greatest thing Bishop Sheen might be noted for is something that currently goes to pass right before our eyes today. Our education program has taken God out of the curriculum, and today we are suffering for this unwise decision. We cannot separate ourselves from God, nor can we hide from Him. Amen. Hello. Living the worthy life. Saints be praised. Well, maybe not so fast. What can we do to help? That is today's episode. The beatification of the late Cardinal Archbishop Fulton Sheen was postponed early in December 2019, marking the latest setback on the road to sainthood for this beloved television and radio preacher. This is a shock to many of us who were counting on this event happening. This was a personally upsetting event for me. I grew up listening to Bishop Fulton Sheen on television. I enjoyed his artful style of communication. And I quickly realized in my lifetime there no single Catholic person would have touched as many souls as he did. I was excited. Unlike many people who have become saints in our church, I truly felt I knew him and I was touched by his ministry. Indeed, Bishop Fulton Sheen was a rock star of the Catholic Church for most of his life. Bishop Sheen was a media hit as a form of evangelization in the United States. This is in every media that he was in during the time. And the funny thing is now he was popular on streaming video. The simple truth is people cannot get enough of him or his messages. Sheen regularly appeared on the Catholic Hour radio program from 1930 to 1950. After becoming a bishop, he launched his successful Life's Worth Living television series, February 12, Tuesday night, 1951, attracting millions of viewers. His market share was amazing. Today, even the highest-ranking TV shows would get a mere fraction of his 30% market share of audience. Having a cleric as a pop icon in the 1950s really may describe why people call that era the happy days. Bishop uh, Daniel Jenke of the Diocese of Peoria announced the postponement in a news release on Tuesday, December 3rd, saying that the Vatican informed him that Sheen's beatification, one of the last steps before a person's canonized and declared a saint, had been delayed at the request of a few members of the bishop's conference that were at, who had asked for further consideration. Sheen, who died 1979 at age 84, was originally scheduled to be beatified on December 21st of this year. No specific reason was given for the postponement, although a news release appeared eager to dispel any notion that Sheen was connected to the resurgent Catholic sex abuse crisis. There has never been, nor is there now, an allegation against Sheen involving the abuse of a minor, the release said. 
Now I would like everyone who has ever heard Bishop Fulton Sheen or watched his videos on TV, heard his homilies rebroadcast on radio, to do something for me right now. I would implore you to get on your knees and pray for the church. That is right. Now is the time to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for the church leaders to come to their senses and pray for the postponement of this action to be postponed itself. Bishop Fulton Sheen has done much more for the Catholic Church and promoted God. He needs to become a saint right here, right now. Very few, if any other human beings, have touched more people in their life than Fulton Sheen had. Very few, if any, people lived so much of their life and devoted so many much of their life to others. Through his thoughts, words, deeds, and books, and now his videos, we see the wit, humor, and amazing style that this man possessed. He was and is a saint in my book, now and forever. Now let us make him a saint in their book as well. It is very... Is very sheen to approach it like this, but I would like to apply some of his highly prophetic words on the subject as he talks about the church and our troubled times. One, Satan will set up a counter church, which will be the ape of the Catholic Church. It will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and empty of its divine content. Two, we are living in the days of the apocalypse, the last days of our era. Two great forces, the mystical body of Christ and the mystical body of Antichrist, are beginning to draw battle lines in a catastrophic contest. Three, the false prophet, which will have a religion without a cross, a religion without a world to come, a religion that destroys religions, there will be a counterfeit church. Number four, Christ church and the Catholic Church will be one. The false prophet will create the other. Five, the false prophet will be a worldly and global. He will lose the federation of churches and religion, forming some type of global association. A world parliament of churches, it will be emptied of all divine content. It will be the mystical body of the Antichrist. The mystical body of the earth today will have its Judas Iscariot, and we will have a false prophet. Satan will recruit him from our bishops. The Antichrist will be called, otherwise he will not have no followers. He will not wear red tights, nor vomit sulfur, nor carry a trident, nor wave as a, a tail as in Faust. The masquerade has helped the devil convince that men that, that he does not exist. When no man recognizes him, no power he exercises, God himself has defined himself as I am who am. The devil is, I am who am not. Number eight. Nowhere in the sacred scriptures do we find a warrant for the popular myth of the devil as a buffoon who is dressed in the first red. Rather, he is described as the angel fallen from heaven, the prince of this world, whose business is to tell us that there is no other world. His logic is simple. If there is no heaven, there is no hell. If there is no hell, there is no sin. If there is no sin, there is no judge. If there is no judge, evil is good and good is evil. But above all these descriptions, our Lord tells us that we will so much like himself 
that he will deserve, he will deceive even the elect. And certainly no devil has looked in picture books could deceive even the elect. Now we will come to this new age to win followers to his religion. Maybe, just maybe, the problems that Bishop Fulton Sheen are caused by not what he did or believed, but are caused by people who are lacking the full understanding of the service that this man performed for his follow, fellow believers. His words today are as crisp and correct as they were 70 years ago. His homilies stand the test of time and they defy this to be said of all about those who are fighting for this honor. Just listen to him for five minutes. Five minutes. His homilies are as fresh and delightful today as they were those years ago. Some of the books he wrote were approaching almost 90 years old now since they were published and they sound today just as they did back then. You may ask why? The answer is simple. They spoke the truth and the responsive accord to the public then and now. People who are seeking the truth love them. Are you not all supposed to be seeking the truth and helping others get the truth? Are we not all supposed to be striving for the truth? Does it stand to reason then the truth is eternal? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 100 years from now, others will look back at this point in time and reflect upon this time and place to be the turning point of the church. Can we make this the time a positive one by simply going through and taking out the postponement? If not, when? If not now, when? If not now, why? If Fulton Sheen is not a saint, who is? The political fuss has not stopped the truth. It is now our job for sure to ask for Almighty's help in this battle and change the hearts of the leaders of the church. We need to make sure they hear our prayers and make one of finest American homilists and one of the greatest writers, Bishop Fulton Sheen, a saint of the church that he loves so much. Amen.